Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the MAD Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion, brought to you by Burger Drift Productions and Banana Bros. There's the shirt, there's the plug. Follow at AZ Banana Bros on Instagram to get your merch and all the fun swag that they have there. They're constantly coming out with new awesome stuff. Follow Broker Drift Productions on YouTube for all the awesome stuff that funny people are doing for everybody. Alrighty. My name is Miles Weber. I'll be your host of this podcast. With me, as always, is my host of this podcast and my co-host in life, my wife, Heather Weber. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm doing good. I might be brief because the dogs are fighting, but I'm doing good. Yes, we will see. We will see what happens if the dogs permit you being a part of the show today or not. Um, I know it's going to be fantastic. And with us today is our guest. Very excited to have her here. She is a professional home organizer and a coach of the Simplified Life, which she's going to tell us more about. Uh, Welcome, please, to the podcast, Kat Reichmuth. Kat, how are you today? Hi, doing well. I don't know though. Maybe the dogs fighting might be a better podcast. I don't know. We should- usually, <laughs> yeah, usually, we'll give them that glory. If I, I tell mean, them that, then they'll do it. <laughs> it's really difficult to continue whatever mental health crisis you are in the middle of if they are all up on each other fighting because it's a pretty ridiculous. Lots of like empty growling you know uh, 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 they do that thing the t- the tilt of the head and the bite of the cheek <laughs> very difficult so i think that might might be something that would help us all but uh i would like you to uh tell the folks listening and watching a little bit about what it is specifically that you do and how uh mental health ties into it okay well like you said i'm kat reichmuth founder of the simplified life and we help people remove the clutter to uncover a life they love. And I've been a professional home organizer before Marie Kondo even thought of being one. So um, yeah, since 2007, been doing this almost 15 years. And it had originally started as, oh, let's put things in little boxes and label them and color code things. And then they were organized. And then as I began doing it more and more in my own life and for clients, I realized, oh, wow, I, I feel better when my space is clear, I can think better. My anxiety is down. I had a lifelong struggle with depression and anxiety just starting in childhood. And as I moved through and began clearing my space out, um, thank you, 20 moves in 10 years. Um, Don't recommend that. That's probably not good for anxiety either. But I had less stuff and I realized, oh my gosh, I can function in this. And that just made me even more passionate about promoting the mental health aspect, which a lot of the shows don't really talk about you know the home edit gets you all the cute things from the container store but a little you know plastic bin isn't going to make you feel better when you're freaking out over life so i like to promote the mental health aspect of clearing out the clutter i love that thanks very cool very cool absolutely yeah i know uh my family uh tends to be cluttered uh, kind of hoarders and what have you. Do you do you get uh, people who are kind of reluctant of letting go of certain things? They want things organized a certain way, or they might not want the help that they think they need. <laughs> D all the above. Um, <laughs> so to back up a little bit, I mean, I started start started out in a family where we've been hoarding since 1770. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, have, we have a shed of stuff that has been there longer than this was a country. <laughs> so I get it. And if I can do this, anyone can do it because being a hot mess hoarder is my natural state. Now, working with clients, I have had a few clients that are like actual diagnosed hoarding. One was like best case scenario. She knew she was a hoarder. She was in a study at UCS, UCSF on it. Her brother was also a hoarder. They were studying both of them and she still just couldn't let go. Like it mm-hmm. came down to one time we were helping her move and it was like, maybe we could not take these yogurt cups with us. And she's like, no, we need those. Um, so typically I steer away from hoarding. Unfortunately, that's a lot more going on up here. Um, but for the average Joe, most people have trouble getting rid of things because it's never actually about the stuff. It's about our emotions that are tied to everything. Uh, I had one client recently who had been tripping over this box for five years, five. It was in her kitchen. It was right next to the counter. It had been there since they moved in and she had gone around it or tripped over it every freaking day for five years. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to start with this box and let's go ahead and unpack it. And when we did, we found a lot of her kids artwork and stuff. And she had found that she felt really guilty. She was a working mom. This had her kids artwork in it. She was like, I'm not home. I'm not able to do more artwork with them. I feel bad about that. And so unconsciously, she was avoiding that because she didn't want to face it. So it's like super fascinating to tease out why people are keeping things and then walk them through kind of gently how to let them go. You know, we had a, we had a pretty good cry fest over that one. She needed to cry it out. And it's like, Hey, you're doing your best. You're providing for your kids. They're not going to be mad at you. And maybe we can take some time this weekend where you can do an art project with them. And um, gosh, so many are like that. It's always about figuring out what the emotions are behind the stuff that's in their house. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And that's interesting that like subliminally it was that box and like, that's what she was hiding deep inside of her. So that's really Mm -hmm. fascinating. Oh my gosh. There was another one too. We, she was super gung ho. She was like, all right, let's do this. We're downsizing. We're moving. We're retiring. This is our time to live our best life. Let's go. Like she was ready. And we had gone through almost everything in our house except for her clothes. And usually I start with clothes because they tend to not have uh, quite as much sentimental value to them. People are sort of like, oh, they fit or they don't. I want them or I don't. It was time to do her dresser. And she just started having a panic attack. And I mean, like turned white, started sweating. And I'm like, oh God, do we need to call someone? Like, are you okay? Like, let's have some water. Let's sit down. What's going on? She's like, I don't know. It's my socks and my underwear. Like, I don't know what is happening here. I'm like, okay, well, you sit on the floor. We're just going to take one drawer out at a time and sort that. Okay, okay. We get down to the final drawer, pull it out. And then the back of it is her mother's ashes that she had forgot she put there like four years prior. And so our bodies and our brains remember, yeah, even when it's not conscious, we know these attachments and these feelings and these different ideas we have around stuff. So it is, it's fascinating. That's really interesting. Well, yeah, because the subconscious, I feel like everything that 
has ever happened to you or everything you've ever done is still in there. Like, I mean, you could totally forget it or like access to it is kind of far away, but those things pop right back up in front of your face. You're like, oh, here's a whirlwind of things. So her subconscious mind probably knew, oh, I know exactly why there, this is going to be an issue for me. Yeah, I know precisely. No, 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 please don't make me. The like bottom drawer. Saying, it's all on the hard drive. It's just yeah. how much RAM we have to access. It. Exactly, exactly. Are there some things that you were surprised people had an emotional attachment to? Because you said that, you know, the clothes were a good place to start from. You know, what's the other side of the spectrum? What are some things that you're just like, really this but then they explained it you're like okay strange but i get it strange but i get it the sheer number of pregnancy tests i have found (laughs) and like i get it it's your kid and at the same time you peed on a stick and it's been in a drawer for like six years (laughs) and that one is just always i find so many of those like really really it's weird it's really well, and that's interesting because a lot of them don't even stay saying pregnant the entire time. It eventually fades and dries up. The ones I found have. They'll be really? Like, that's so interesting. Okay. EPT. We could be an ad for them. The, the answer that sticks. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, because wow. mine, like, mine like dried up super quick. Really? Oh, so I'm not going to find one in your drawer if I can. <laughs> no. No. no, we only have any PP sticks around this house. Absolutely no. not. Yeah. So that's a weird one. Yeah. Um, I especially because like the kids, uh, the kids alive, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. like they're like, oh, it's a good memento to remind me. And I'm like, I mean, talk to the kid like that's a great yeah. memento. Yeah, it's crying in the next room. Go play with it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop looking at the stick. What are you doing for your priorities? Anyways, you were saying. Oh, yeah, that and the ultrasound photos. Always tons of ultrasound. That one I get a little bit that more. I, I guess yeah. you could like put that in the scrapbook. The but, they're, but they're usually in like a random drawer. Okay. <laughs> like apropos of nothing, they're just shoved in the back of a drawer with nothing else like a scrapbook. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess those are the two weirdest. Um, gosh, what else? One time we found a guy. I don't know like how out there we can get on this, but. All the way. Yeah. All the way out there one time, because I always sort pockets. My grandmother always stashed money, and I had to clear her house out. So that has always been ingrained in me. Check the pockets. And mm-hmm. so I check it, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that, I, I have kids now. I, I don't do coke anymore. That, that was from my other days. <laughs> okay, well, we're just going to send all that to Goodwill then. Here's your little coke bullet. We're going to let that go now. Clearly, you've moved past that. Um, the other one is, you know, sex toys. And I I get all nervous. And I'm like, honey, I've organized plenty of sex toys. We're fine. You're going to be completely fine. I got rubber gloves. We're going to be totally okay. All right. We're going to understand how to systematically stack these up. It's going to be like a teepee by the time we're done with it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I had had one poor gal. She literally flew across the bed. I didn't know she could move that fast. Like, no, don't open that. Don't open. Oh, honey, honey, I've seen, I've seen everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we knew it was going to be this drawer when it started humming. Yeah, that was, that's, that I activated it. I'm sorry. I bumped into it a little bit. That's hilarious. Right on, right on. Very cool. Um, If a person wants to take certain steps in starting to make better space, is there anything specifically that 
will attribute to a better kept space as far as like in someone's house or maybe their living room and where should they start is there a room that's easiest to start trying to clear that'll strengthen your mind as much yes 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 the kitchen because that's typically the literally the least sentimental so we always want to do least sentimental to most sentimental mm -hmm. but then the the mistake that most people make you know when they're watching the shows or they're reading the books or whatever we're like i have to do the kitchen today well you're not going to you're going to overwhelm the hell out of your brain and it's not going to be able to do that we always have to be mindful of our central nervous system and the little incremental changes we can make so if you're doing this on your own you want to say i have to do my spices today or i have to look for expired canned items today or expired pasta, whatever it is, but you want to break it down into little teeny tiny bite-sized pieces. And then once you finish that, maybe the spice drawer, your brain's going to go like, oh, I did do it. Oh, okay. Oh, I can do that. That wasn't that scary. And then you're going to build on that, set that timer for five or 10 minutes and don't do more than that when, when you're starting out. Then the next day you do the canned foods. Okay. You're brain's like, I did it. And you want to make sure you celebrate. And it could be as stupid as putting like a gold star on your calendar. Like today I spent five minutes or today I spent 10 minutes. I get my gold star. So it's little, it's actionable. And then you celebrate and that helps wire that habit. in. Um, save paperwork for absolute last. Don't do that. I mean, you go in there to an office if you haven't really been keeping up on any paperwork and then you have a stack of papers. Well, that's like five gazillion decisions all in one two inch pile. So you want to do bigger things. And then as you're doing it, so maybe back to the spices. Okay. These are expired in 2015. All right, they're out. Let me compost them. You want to get them out immediately because one of the biggest mistakes people do is they, they get all excited. They grab all these expired things and then they sit there in the kitchen and then it becomes yet another thing you trip around for the next six months until you finally get rid of it. So tiny bite sized little pieces, reward yourself for doing it, get the stuff out immediately. And maybe if it's donations, they go straight into your car. You don't have to take them to Goodwill at that minute if you're decluttering at 8 p.m. at night, but you want to at least get it into your car. Or if you're like, oh, this goes to Susie. All right, let me get that into the car. Let me text her. Oh, maybe my friend wants this. We'll text them right then. So you want to keep it kind of keep the momentum going, keep the action items going right then in the moment. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes, sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, how do you decipher like when it becomes too much for you to help and like having them go get like professional help, like therapy or anything like that? Like what's, what's kind of your line? Uh, hoarding. Hoarding. Okay. hoarding is the line because that goes into a more severe OCD situation and usually there's a lot of family that is way more vested in this situation being handled than the person themselves, because like to go back to the hoarding client I had, she was best case scenario. She knew she was a hoarder and she still couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Most hoarders that doesn't compute. It's perfectly normal in their mind and their mental landscape to have these piles, to have the dead cat under there, to whatever, it does not compute that this isn't normal, this is bad, this is scary, this is worrisome to their family. So that's why if you've ever watched any of the hoarding TV shows, I mean, it's always blow ups and tears and screw you, I'm not doing this, my place is fine. So I, 
I just, it's a lot. I, like I said, I worked with a couple of them. It was too draining for me. And I, it's just not my skill set. I don't have a PhD in that. And you really need one. And even then, it's really more about harm reduction. There's typically never a great clean sweep where they start over, oh, I'm cured and everything's great. It's mm-hmm. much more nuanced than that, which it, it's sad. It can be dealt with, but they really just have to want it. And unfortunately, most just don't seem to realize it's even a problem. So that makes sense. Do you have somebody that you pass them off to or? I do. Okay. <laughs> Her name is Rachel Seavey. So if you're in the Bay Area, uh, she is with Collector Care. Uh, she's amazing. And her partner, um, I think he's still her partner, was actually a crime scene cleaner upper. So they can also go in, they have the heavy duty equipment and whatnot to like clean the carpets, clean the bathrooms, clean whatever. Because unfortunately, what happens is typically it breaks down to the point where none of the basic niceties of a home or even working. Um, so you really have to do a really deep clean on that one to get it back to, I don't know, rentable or working condition. So, but she's great. She has the patience and the training of a saint and I love her. So if you're in the Bay Area, you're struggling, Rachel, Rachel CV with uh, collector care. Interesting. That's so interesting. That's handy that they have that access to be able to clean everything. Cause yeah, with, with Miles's family, there's some hoarders in it and just the houses in shambles. So yeah, I no, get it's it. Houses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but yeah, my grandfather has properties, like multiple houses across different places that are just filled to the brim with stuff. Just ridiculous like unrec just so much stuff that it doesn't even look like things anymore it's kind of all become one giant mass like Mm -hmm. yeah like a cartoon or something i'm like this is wild that you think this is okay and they do i mean that's just where it's like it's heartbreaking because you're like gosh i just i want so much better for you but Oftentimes that just, it doesn't really get solved. And even on those TV shows, if you watch the like re, you know, recap six months later, and it's just back to what it was. Um, I had a client a couple of years ago and her family, they, her parents were both hoarders. They had since passed, but it was the same situation. They had hoarded two homes in Atherton and two up in Russian Hill. And I was like, well, at least you get some nice property out of the deal. But, you know, 7,000 square feet in one of the homes of just stuff and rat shit and just yeah. it was it was tragic so yeah it's it's wild to see most definitely and that is something i wanted to ask you about though because you had mentioned like you know with the, the hoarders usually it just t- a matter of time before you can see ah well it's back to cluttered again do you see like the the people that you work with like your clients do they does you have a lot of them that come and hire you back multiple times over? Do a lot of them kind of keep up with the decluttering? Is it like something they kind of like learn to keep up with? Like how, what's the success rate like with that? Um, it's probably 75% kind of one and done. Okay. As maybe they do one to six sessions, get their house in order and then, and then they're good. Um, oftentimes the repeats aren't necessarily hoarders, but just, uh, or they're not hoarders, but just people that, you know, had another kid or mm. a big life event, a death no. in the family, and now they've inherited an estate. So mm. just life keeps happening. And, you know, sometimes I've had clients like, oh, gosh, I feel bad. I have to call you again. And it's like, 
stuff keeps happening. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're just here to be an extra set of hands. Or if I bring a handyman in, you know, we just can get things done that maybe the widow living at home can't. Yeah. Um, and then I have a lot of clients that do have health issues. So just having that extra set of hands and body and eyes makes it a lot easier for them. Um, but by and large, most people do learn. And then I get little reports back and they're like, oh, look what I did. I just moved and I color coordinated my garage or whatever. And it makes me happy. So that's awesome. Yeah. Do you find that there's a strong link with like depression and anxiety with the clients that you take on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Depression, anxiety, ADHD. The clutter is typically just a symptom. It's not that mm. their problem is clutter. It's that there's clutter up here. There's a lot of crap going on. And then sometimes it can be a cart horse, you know, what causes what. But typically I've noticed as we start clearing out the clutter, they have the same experience I do that the depression lifts, the anxiety lifts. They feel more in control of life. They can find their things, function better. And then that just keeps going better and better and better for them. Okay. Are there like certain um, things that you have them do to work on the mental side of things? There are, there are. I have a lot of visualizations, a um, lot of just really getting clear on, Hey, what do you want in life? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Because typically it's the clutter signifies stuckness and it's usually a relationship or a job and that can be very touchy. I always say the clutter is sort of the gateway drug <laughs> to getting into here and working on mental health um, because it gives a tangible physical thing that they can move, but then that does get the energy flowing. And then often, you know, we'll go through, clean out a, a closet, get them clothes that they really like. And then all of a sudden, oh, hey, I don't have to put up with this shit for my boyfriend or whatever. Oh, hey, I feel good. Maybe I am going to ask for that raise or change that job. So it's just a really beautiful cycle. And I, I hate it when organizers don't focus on the mental health aspect of it, because to me, it's a hundred thousand gazillion percent of mental health. Thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, your mind's just kind of a reflection of your outside reality anyway, and vice versa, you know? So, oh, yeah. I mean, if you've got this cluttered, what I personally, yeah, it gives me anxiety if I if things start getting too cluttery or too messy in just the space. And we're getting ready to have a kid, first kid. So, it's like, oh, this is going to be a massive test for me because Heather's just like, you can't go around behind him and clean every single last thing up. And I'm like, but what if I try? Okay. <laughs> Go in the Montessori route, have the 12 toys. And that is a fun fact. Most American kids have 314 toys or some random number, and they play with 12. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my biggest teachable moments I try to teach parents is you're actually doing your kid a favor the fewer toys you have. They have done studies. Their creative play just gets completely annihilated if they're overwhelmed. I mean, think about how you feel walking into a room and then picture a kid who's five and doesn't have any coping skills or ways to like work around that or leave. He can't leave the house. He's a kid and they're stuck there and they get overwhelmed too. So like the biggest gift you can give them is to keep the toys to a minimum. They will thank you. <laughs> and then you don't have to call Thanks. me later. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And start talking to family now. 
because otherwise every single person you know is going to be like, ah, I found this for them. I found this for them. Or, oh, my kids are outgrowing. We don't need this here. We thought you'd want it. And then all of a sudden you have a mountain of Toys R Us piles out front mm. and it's insane. So that makes how sense. Long, how, long till you're, how long till you're due? A week. <laughs> oh my goodness. If we, if we get that far. Yeah. I mean, we're already, we went to the hospital once this week. Cause we're like, is this happening now? Let's go see. And they were like, not yet. All right. So yeah. Oh my any, goodness. any day now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Cool. Congratulations. Don't Thank buy you. toys. <laughs> no, I think right, right now there's only like eight up there. So we'll not just, stick there. yeah. No. And yeah. even then it's like what the rings, the blocks, like, yeah, stuff to kind of help them figure out what's what building stuff. Right. So, but no, that, I think that makes sense, you know, and having, cause I mean, I, I remember being a kid playing with like rocks and sticks and yeah. stuff like that. And just kind of running around, just imagining in my head, what was around me mm -hmm. and being like, okay, I used to play football with myself outside by myself for hours. Oh yeah. It was a weird thing to see. People definitely made fun of me for it, well, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just I was like, great. I was outside. I was out of her hair. So I mean I, like, go long, go long. Go longer. Go longer. Yeah. Go until the street lights come on, then come back, circle back around and run it all the way to the end zone. So yep. we, we did have that last chance at a nice outdoor childhood. It was amazing back then. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the nineties was kind of for, for us the last time really that you could go outside, be outside for a while, sometimes into certain parts of the night if you're playing flashlight tag in a, a good area with one adult out. But yeah, no, not as much anymore, which is unfortunate. Maybe the times will change. We'll, we'll see. So. We'll work on everyone's mental health and then they will. So. Exactly. <laughs> everyone's mental health and their clutter. Did you have a question, dear? Yes. Um, how often do you do like checkups after you work with clients? Like just like phone, just talking. Usually texting. I try to keep in touch that way. Honestly, truth be told, I am a horrible uh, phone person, but I will keep in touch via text. They'll get emails from me. Usually they're signed up on my blogs and whatnot. Um, and then I try to follow up every month or so with them. And that's the, that's the thing. A lot of people are like, oh, let me come in and just do one session and then we're good. And, or, oh, hey, I can handle the rest of this on my own. And that's great. If you know yourself and you are a DIYer, maybe you just needed one session to get the ball rolling. Great. But I've also seen where maybe people for budget reasons or whatever, like, no, no, I can only do one session. And then a year later they call me and then we're just redoing what they've already done. Um, so to help circumvent that, I'm actually launching a Zoom group. Uh, so it'll be more of that support check-in weekly. You can be there on a Zoom, kind of be working on your stuff and just keep that momentum going. And it's like far more cost-effective for a lot of people than hiring in-home help. For sure, that's awesome. And I feel like that's probably good because if it's in a group setting, then you're able to talk to like-minded people and people going mm -hmm. through similar situations and you're not feeling so alone. So. Exactly, exactly. My little beta group, I'm so proud of them. They're about a month and a half in and they've just been making great strides and it was so cute we weren't even scheduled one day and they were texting me and they're like, well, we're just going to do our own zoom and keep going. And I was like, yes, 
yes momentum so but it is important just having that community even if you join a facebook community or something so that you know you're not alone like everyone in america struggles with clutter we have a gazillion dollar ad industry telling us bye 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 buy more stuff oh wait you're not good enough buy more and it takes a lot of intentionality and focus to be able to break that habit i mean it's hard. I'm not immune to Amazon. It's a constant battle in my own head over that. So look behind me. Look at all that stuff back there. Okay. <laughs> so organized though. It's, so it's very organized. Yeah. Like I said, I like a good organized bunch of stuff, but that is a bunch of knickknacks and paddywhacks and downstairs there's where we give the dog's bones. So right on. Very oh, you cool. You are a comedian. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes. Every now and then I'm funny for money. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Um, Heather, do you have any more questions for Kat? I mean, I think that covers it. I just, yeah. I love what you're doing. I love, like I yeah. said, I love that you've built a community. Um, cause I think that's huge because even like, you know, we're working on building a life coaching, uh, business for entertainers and we're trying to just build it as a community as well Mm -hmm. and i think it's just so important being able to talk to like-minded people and people that are you know going through similar stuff Mm -hmm. it is is. our our facebook groups up to like 400 and something people right now and it's just it's so cool to see people starting to reach out on their own without me having to like prod every conversation like Mm -hmm. come on you guys can do it That's great. Well, especially because like you said, depression and anxiety are a part of this so much. And so even if it's not necessarily for something clutter related right then and there, just somebody to vent to and having that is huge. So I love what you're doing. I think it's great. And I think it's something that people don't really think about and dogs. (laughs) (laughs) They almost made it. They almost made it there. So close. So close. So close. Well, thank you so much. I'm passionate about it. I love it. I've seen the power that making this change and decluttering your life can make. I mean, it's just, it's powerful. And it, I don't, I don't want anyone to be decluttering forever. That's not the point or organizing forever. It's just get it to a point where your stuff is right sized for you. And I mean, I love Virgin America stuff. I used to be a flight attendant. I have a ton of that. If you were like a a minimalist and came in, you'd be like, Kat, you're not a minimalist, but it's not about getting rid of all your things. It's just having what you actually love, what you use, what makes you happy to see. So you can have all your knickknacks behind you there. That's fine. I love them. They make you happy. Like, that's awesome. But if you were tripping over them, they're all on the floor every day. That'd be a whole different story. So. Yes. Yes. Definitely don't want to be tripping. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> time and place, but <laughs> exactly, exactly. We have a special designated time and place for tripping. Um, so, Kat, why don't you let everybody know uh, who's watching and listening where they can find you online? All right. Well, you can find me at thesimplifiedlife.com. And then I'm at the simplified life on all the socials, which I actually just found out right before I got on here. My hacked account got turned back on. So yay! we're back. back. Come find me. Perfect. (laughs) We have our clutter buddy group. It's free. Amazing people in there. So we'd love to have you. I just love the name clutter buddies. 
That's that's so adorable. I love that. Well, follow her at The Simplified Life. Uh, you can follow me at Miles Weber Joker. You can follow the podcast, The Heather Runs, at Mad Podcast on Instagram. And as always, make sure you follow at Brokerage Productions and at AZ Banana Bros. My name is Miles Weber. With me always, my wife, Heather Weber. Kat, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And thank you all for watching and listening. We will see you and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everybody.